It's the Junk and Jam Hour with Christopher Albert, as heard only on Radio Free Brooklyn. Hello, everyone. Happy Monday. Thank you for tuning in to the Junk and Jam Hour right here on Radio Free Brooklyn, the nonprofit community organization and freeform internet radio station streaming original content by New York City artists and broadcasters 24 hours a day, seven days a week. That's us right here. We are, of course, Radio Uncensored. Now, uh, I do have a very special guest today uh, who is joining me in the studio. She is of Native American and Nigerian descent, and she hails all the way from the South Bronx. She is a young, emerging entrepreneur who, while working on attaining her degree as a business major, has upstarted her own media production company. She's currently producing a television series called Who's Next, where emerging rap artists will compete for the title of the next best MC. Here with me now is founder and CEO of Froze Productions Incorporated, uh, Osariman, otherwise known as Tootie Uefo. Hello. Hey. Hey, Tootie. Oh. Did I pronounce your name right? Okay. Sort of. I'm pretty yeah. sure I got it wrong. Yeah. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> no, seriously. Like, growing up with my name. Yeah. Literally, no one gets it right the first time. So so why don't you say your name for us? All right. So my name is Osirirme Uwaifo. Uh, it's Nigerian. Yeah. Yes. Nigerian. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, um, we are going to get to know all about you. Yes. But first, you're going to join me for our first segment. Okay. Which is the not-so-fake, really weird news segment, which we have coming up for you uh, right now. All right. Not-so-fake, really weird news. Okay. So, um, there's obviously lots of news, radio, television, internet, right? Yeah. Um, I try to curate some fun stuff. (laughs) (laughs) So let's go into that now. Now, a uh, gentleman. Now, it gets really weird. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, these things are true. Um, Now, um, a gentleman by the name Mitch Beyer. uh, Who knows where the hell he's from? (laughs) (laughs) I usually see it here. Um, He had lost his pet named Phoebe, Phoebe, who was a uh, Jack Russell Terrier. We all know dogs can be cute. Yes. Unfortunately, uh, Phoebe passed away and um, Mitch decided, well, oh, he's from Portland, Oregon. Mm. A lot of strange things happen from Portland, I hear. (laughs) (laughs) Now, of course, instead of burying or maybe even just making his dog into ashes, Phoebe lives on. He actually sent her to a taxidermist. <laughs> and now his dog, who is a taxidermy dog, <laughs> oh, God. he takes her with him everywhere he goes. Oh, no. Yes. So she goes with him shopping. He leaves her in the car. He has to leave notes on the window saying she's dead already. <laughs> what? You don't have to break in. <laughs> she's not going to die what? from the heat. Wow. Have you had a pet before? I have a cat. His name is Noodle. <laughs> <laughs> I love him, but he's so annoying sometimes. As as cats can be or pets can be at times. Yeah, I mean, I go to other people's houses. They have cats. The cats are quiet. Yeah. My house, my cat is always talking. Well, it sounds like you named him appropriately. 
Noodle. Noodle. I mean, I don't expect a cat named Noodle to be docile. (laughs) No. Now, if Noodle was eventually, which he will... I'm sorry to say, Tootie, we'll no, pass away. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. No, 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 no. Would you consider embalming him forever? No. No. <laughs> That's a little no, creepy. No, because when I say this, y'all going to be like, well, why do you have a cat? So I found out I'm allergic to cats. Oh, well, that happens. I know people who are allergic to cats and have cats. Yeah, me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, I tell everyone, like, I'm allergic to my cat. And they, they're like, why do you still have a cat? Because well, I love him. <laughs> we're allergic to stupidity too, but unfortunately, <laughs> we have to be around it. Yeah. Uh, so now moving along, let's see where this takes us. Uh, Sanford, Florida, another place where there's always weird news happening. Uh, now, a Florida boy uh, picked up the phone <laughs> mm. to call nine one one because. Apparently, he was hungry. So he called, he was five years old, picked up the phone, called 911 to order pizza. Now, of course, the officers who got the call didn't know if that was an emergency or not. Like, maybe it was code for something. Right. So they still had to perform a house check, a well-being check, so to speak. So um, they got there, obviously... They had to teach the boy a little lesson about using only 911 for emergencies. But when the police arrived, they did arrive with pizza. With pizza. Oh. <laughs> that is kind. That, that is, is kind. kind. That is now, kind. As, as a woman of a certain color as you are, mm-hmm. okay. you're probably reluctant to call 911 for anything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right? But if I call 911 for some pizza... Yeah, you're definitely in trouble. Yeah, I might get in trouble. I might get in trouble. They're not bringing pizza for you. Yeah, they're not. They bring something else. (laughs) (laughs) Some handcuffs with pepperoni on it. (laughs) (laughs) Some handcuffs. Nah. Mm Mm-mm. Nah. Nah. They bring you the box. They put the box. They open the box. It's your hands. Cuffed. Oh, no. Okay. What like what under what law can they arrest me for calling them for ordering pizza? <laughs> I guess you're taking away resources from other people who are actually in need. But if I'm hungry, it's an emergency. It is. I need pizza now. Yeah. <laughs> like being hungry as a child is an emergency. Yeah. I guess you can get in maybe written a ticket for Yeah. Yeah. No, I get it though. Yeah. I'm just being silly. No, 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 no. <laughs> I mean, so are tons of white people calling, you know, the police for just being black on people for just being uh, black. You yeah. know, that's Walking a waste while of while black, right? Right, exactly. So now we go all the way to North Carolina, uh, where a man, a man named Stanley Manley. <laughs> <laughs> that's his real name. That's his real name. He um, got a little inkling, a funny feeling. He he plays a lottery a lot, but he got a funny feeling that he should purchase a cash five ticket. And so he did. Um, but he couldn't decide on what numbers to pick 
So he closed his eyes <laughs> and let luck be his guide. And with his eyes closed, he picked winning numbers that earned him $160,595. I need his luck. Right? I need his luck. Well, it's not really luck. I mean, you really have to be in it to win it. It's not like he randomly won it. It's random. The numbers, obviously, he picked. Yeah. But I feel like my inner voice always tells me don't play that shit don't waste your money on that <laughs> yeah i mean i had a dream one time uh-oh i was sitting on the train and i was just playing with this i was doing a scratch off yeah and i remember standing up like i won i won i won and and did you get up the next day to play anything yeah a scratch off you did yeah i did seriously did you win anything like another ticket. I always win no, like another ticket. I didn't win nothing. I was like, yo, so what does that dream mean then? <laughs> like You should have bought more tickets. Uh-huh. <laughs> nah, I was I was going. Nah. I don't know. Maybe. It's hard to tell. It's like did you buy the exact color of the ticket from the dream? And sometimes no, you don't know because you know your memory changes by the time you wake up. I didn't no, nah, I didn't buy the exact ticket. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe I should have. That could have been. All right, well, that concludes our really weird fake news portion of the show. (laughs) Now it's on to you. On to me. What would you be doing on a Monday? Generally, typically? I like to start my Mondays off very productive. I see. Because, like, it's the first day of the week, so I like to set the tone for my week. Yeah. So, you want my whole, like, schedule? No, we don't. (laughs) (laughs) We don't need any, like, you know, hashtag 2D stalkers (laughs) following you around for the rest of today. Yeah, no. I mean, I just really be at home. Yeah, be at home, just working. I work at home, yeah. Yeah. I work at home, so I just be chilling. Yeah. Wake up. First thing I do when I wake up is say, thank you, God. Yeah. Well, it's it's a blessing every day to be alive. Yeah. To be clothed. Yeah. To be fed. Yeah. To be sheltered. Mm-hmm. To be breathing. Literally. Yeah. First thing I do when I wake up. And I notice that when I do that, usually, like, I start off my mornings in prayer. And throughout the whole day, nothing can really, like, stress me out or bother me. Yeah. Like, I set that foundation. Yeah. In the morning. You did your morning affirmation, your morning yeah. prayer. Mm hmm. Well, people get get bothered by nonsense and they let the little things bother them or affect them yeah. and ruin <laughs> the rest of their day yeah, or I their know. month even. Mm. That's called paying your rent, guys. Oh. <laughs> 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 so yeah, so that's, that's lovely. Yeah. So, um, well, we hope this part of your day is productive for you. Yeah. So now you um, are studying, you're studying business mm-hmm. at Monroe College. Yes. Um, why? <laughs> why? Okay, so when I graduated from high school, I'm going to be honest, like, I really didn't even want to go to college. Yeah. Like, I just wanted to make money. Sure. And I didn't like the... Way how people made it seem like you're only going to be successful if you go to college. Sure. So, um, yeah. Um, I, so, I went to college. Because <laughs> my mother. Um, and I was stuck between, do I want to do culinary or business? Because ah. I really 
love cooking. Like, cooking is something I love to do. Like, I'm so passionate about cooking. And of course, you make other people happy that way as well. Yeah. Right. I cook for my family. Like, I love to cook. And I'm passionate about, about business too. Like, right. I always, ever since I was young, I always wanted to, like, have my own, like, start my own business. Like, yeah, so I chose business because, I, I mean, I already know how to cook. <laughs> so I didn't want to take a How are we going to, I already know how to cook. How are we going to make this restaurant happen? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Let's so, yeah. begin with a foundation. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. Is there anything, now you are in your third year. Mm-hmm. Um... Is there anything which is you're in your junior year then, right? Yeah. Let me. Uh, is there anything that has so far surprised you? Surprised me? Like what? Like what do you mean? Well, let's start. Is there? Do you have a specific or favorite part or subject of okay. business that you enjoy so far? I like marketing and accounting. Marketing and accounting. The reason on uh, the bottom line. Yeah. One is the bottom line. The other is you have to spend some of that bottom line to keep making some. Yeah. <laughs> the accounting is actually fun to me. It's yeah. really, it's really just moving money. Yeah. Like people told me it was, it's a different language yeah, altogether. Yeah, yeah, it really is. Yeah, like, it really is. People told me it was hard, but like when I took the class, I'm like, what? Hardware. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. it's fun. Yeah. And I like marketing too because it's. Everything is marketing. So like Sure. Everything's to, a brand, everything's yeah. marketing, everything I guess yeah. in terms of business. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so to learn that language was like fun. And I always liked commercials. Like I always wanted to make commercials. And uh -huh. I, I actually did that this year for a brand called Uriah Diamonds. Okay. Yeah, I made a commercial. Shout out to her. <laughs> <laughs> shout out to Uriah Diamonds. Shout out, shout out. <laughs> we like shout outs. So, okay, so now you enjoy, you found that you actually do enjoy college in terms, as long as it, it, it works to build this foundation of, of what your next step is going to be. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, let's talk about one of your current endeavors. Mm. Uh, who's next? Mm, Something, your, your baby. My baby. You have a little baby project. Yes. You're giving birth to any time now. Yes. Uh, so you're in, you're currently producing a television series called Who's Next? We're 21. Why 21? We'll talk about that. Okay. 21 up-and-coming rap artists from the five boroughs of New York City compete against each other to determine which borough has the next best upcoming artist. So tell us a little uh, bit about that. So Who's Next is really my way of showing these artists I know it's hard, you know, finding that exposure, like getting that exposure, getting your music out. So that's my way of expressing to them, like, I'm here for you. I understand what you're going through and I want to help you with that. Yes. So my whole mission with Who's Next is to really get these hungry artists that exposure that they want and need. So you're from the South Bronx. Yeah. Uh, famous for being the birthplace of hip hop. Mm, yep. Mm -hmm. So has hip hop been an influence of course on you your career choices of course yeah i mean like i i feel like 
Well, I'm a, I'm, I'm a lot. I was gonna say a little. I'm a lot older than you. I think by 20 years. But mm-hmm. some of the photos I use for my promo, my own marketing for today's episode, I, I saw like, oh, she looks like Fo- she reminds me of Foxy Brown in this photo. A little oh. Kim in this, mm, who spicy. obviously <laughs> spicy. Um, <laughs> all about making that money, right? So, mm-hmm. um, what makes so does that? Do you feel like that makes you qualified? Yeah, I mean. Wait, you saying but my looks? No, just as as in Being terms of knowledgeable of hip hop. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. What that's... makes you qualified to help young hip hop artists take it to the next level? I used to want to be a well. I used to rap. Yeah. And I know why I'm not anymore? Struggle. I really want to be behind the scenes. Yeah. I I enjoy it more. Got it. Um, so then for you, you feel like you can, like an A&R, mm-hmm, yeah. you can spot talent. You know what it sounds yep. like. You know what it looks like. Yep. And now you want to use this platform yep. to help others. Mm-hmm. Exactly. <laughs> it's all about serving others. Okay. Yep. Right? Mm-hmm. I guess it goes back to the civil rights movement, that whole idea of each one teach one. Yep. Right? If you have mm-hmm. that knowledge... Share it. Yep. Share the wealth, so to speak. Exactly. So now, but now, any as like any artistry, mm-hmm. um, including rap, which can be so subjective. <laughs> yeah. Um, how do you determine, or what is going to be that determining factor of who is the next best upcoming rap artist? All right. What I look for is hunger. Well, first talent, of course. But with that talent, you got to have hunger. Because without sure. that hunger, you We've, know, I'm not going to do all the work for you. Like, absolutely. I'm going to help you. You do the work and I'm going to help you. That's what I look for. Yeah. I look for <sighs> passion, too. Passion. Yeah. Um, The artist, got, the artist has to be passionate. They got to... I mean, they don't got to know what they're doing exactly. Because not all artists know what they're doing. To be honest. You're never, 90, you're never ready. Yeah, the ready is in the doing. To be honest, ninety percent of these artists don't even know what they're doing. Like, right. to be honest with you, that's why the ones that are on top have managers. They have people behind them that know what they're doing. You well, know? they eventually got those managers because they didn't let not knowing stop them. Yeah, exactly. Right? That's that hunger. Yes. That hunger and that passion to go out. So that's what I really look for. And when you come on my show, like when I'm filming, I like to see the artists when they're performing. I like to see them into the music, into their music, like dancing along with it, you know, being passionate while they're rapping. Like, that's what I really look for. Well, I guess that goes back to the whole marketing. Yeah. How can you sell what you're working on to anyone? Yeah. If you can't sell it to me right here and right now. Yeah, exactly. Right here on oh, Who's yeah. Next. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep. And I got a lot of talented people um, what that was, I've already filmed. What was the audition process like? The audition, really, I find... Well, first, I was being generous. Um, <laughs> okay. I would go on Instagram and I would look... I also have friends who are artists, too. So that sure. I would just tell them, like, I have this opportunity for you. And I would go on Instagram and I will find talent. Or what I did recently was just post a video to my Instagram because I I stopped reaching out. Like, I reached out for the first five people, first five, ten people. 
And then after that, I'm just like, now people got to come to me. So right. I posted my... Well, that's, that's what you were just saying, right? Yeah. I, I can't do all the work. Yeah. How like, bad do you want this? I was being generous at first, reached out to people, and then I'm like, nah, there's no more of that. Now people reaching out to me. I posted the submission video, and that's how I look out, look at their music. If it's good, I see potential in it, I invite them. So I'm assuming all of the 21 slots are full. Yes. Like, I'm thinking about changing the number now. Because, like, <laughs> it's so many. Like, it's so many now. They can wait till the next round. Yeah, they're waiting till the next round, literally. And there's so many of them. And I'm, like... I'm I'm so passionate about it. I don't want to keep like a limited number. Like I want everybody to get a shot. So yeah. Yeah. Well, but 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 then I guess that goes with, you know, not only being in it to win it, but you gotta catch us on time. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that happens in real life. Maybe you missed this train. You're gonna have to wait till the next season. Yep. Mm-hmm. And I gave out specific directions for people to follow to get on and the people who didn't follow those easy specific directions i'm like all right you're a waste of time next. <laughs> sure. <laughs> like has next. has there been one so far that has really without mentioning names right because you want to give everyone a fair shot uh-huh has really has some of them really impressed you of course like i was like wait let me go download this song yeah. <laughs> like after the performance like yeah, it's really some talented people. I mean, I already got in my head who's going to win, but, you know, Uh-oh. let me not. Show's okay. over, guys. Go home. <laughs> <laughs> let me not do that. We can't film everybody yet. <laughs> so what, then what, so, well, when will, when can we expect to see the show? Do we have a release date? Is it for the fall? I'm going to say 2020 because. Yes. Okay. It's going to be released somewhere very special okay. on a very fresh So we platform. can let you girls know just yet. Yeah, but if you want to stay updated, y'all can follow me on Instagram. Yes, we'll, we'll, we'll definitely be, be, be plugging that. Yeah. It's Tootie, baby. It's Tootie, baby, Tootie. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, so now, even going back, you have... Uh, we who's next we assume is under this umbrella as a founder and CEO of Froze Productions Incorporated mm-hmm. um, how did wanting to have a production company how even did, begin how did it come about so I always loved film so like I'll say when I was about 11 10 years old you know when you're at grandma's house with all your cousins and stuff i used to make them act out these skits uh-huh. and my grandmother bought me a camera for christmas so i used to like record the skits and edit them with the camera like i didn't have any editing software like i edited it on the camera and yeah. we would sit back and watch the edits like i i made it look like my cousin was flying off onto a couch yeah by just editing it on the camera. So I just love seeing like my my vision come to reality on yes. camera. And I just fell in love with that. So do you have specific stories that you are looking to tell? Yeah. I really like thrillers. Yeah, like yes. so with film, I definitely want to shake people. 
Yeah. So I ha- I'm thinking about a. I don't know if I want to say it on here because I don't want nobody to steal it. But listen, <laughs> if it's one thing you learn, and and obviously, so you're still growing as an artist, yeah. as an entrepreneur yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Trust me when I say this. People, there's no idea you can come up with that hasn't been tried or done already. True. Nothing. True. What makes your idea unique is you. Right. No one else is going to be able to tell that story through the way 2D is going to envision it, the way she's going to see it, the way she's going to execute it. So you cannot worry about other people stealing your idea. Yeah. First of all, to even steal an idea takes so much time. Yeah. So much work. Yeah. And and if they're not already creating something and, and if we're all create right, we're creators. Yeah. I don't have time yeah. to try and steal what you're doing. Right. However, if that is your concern, I guess my I just want to share with you when that time comes and you're ready to share it, don't be afraid to share it f- because of that reason. Yeah. Because you still want to put your ideas out there. Right. I mean, no, I'll share it. It's it's not finalized, but um, so you know how social media is really like its own world. Sure. I want to make. Well, I'm going to make a film where like there's this like a phone. Mm-hmm. And people are able to go into the phone and be whoever they want to be. So it's kind of gonna be like, which is kind of what's going on now, anyway. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> So it's going to be the real world and then it's going to be the social media world. And at home, like, let's say it's so kind of like the Matrix, kind of. Okay. So like, it's it's real world out here. Now, let's say I go home, I put my phone on my bed and I go in. I put, like, I literally go in my phone into a whole new world. I'm a whole new person. People know me as that person. But then, right, something happens in the phone world that trans transfer over to the real world. Okay, so so, you, so even though you feel like you're living in this technological space, mm-hmm. its own world dimension, it can still affect yeah. reality. Mm-hmm. And that's that's the um, which is kind of poignant, right? Because that still is true. Yeah. So, so I guess that. let me clarify this question then. Do you have specific stories? Obviously, then through the lens of you being. Uh, a black woman of color from the South Bronx, and 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 obviously this is a, a a story. At least this one story you would like to tell under. And of course, we have who's next as well. These are all things that you see in your daily life, right? People are affected by media, by social media. And, and this world that they're trying to create yeah. and they're not always thinking about maybe there are some consequences about some of the things you post and you think they're living just there mm-hmm. but they don't live just there because they yeah. will find their way into real life into real life the right surface. yep um so I love that do you have a specific audience or demographic in mind for some of your projects i'm assuming younger audiences yeah yeah mm-hmm. younger yeah definitely like young adults um youth because i work with youth yeah and i get along with them i i know how they think um 
yeah and the youth are really the future like literally so i'm happy to have like relationships with youth like bonds with them yeah and they really look up to me so that like makes me feel special like one girl she was like when i get older i want to be like miss tootie (laughs) (laughs) stop it (laughs) why do you suppose she said that because like i I mentor her like she sees me as like you know entrepreneur business side she knows what I'm doing like the film I dance she wants to be a dancer so yeah she sees me as a talented young black female yeah like her so yeah okay yeah like I definitely want to like well that's a gift that's a gift to be able to not only be that for someone who you know is of the next generation yeah but of course to get that acknowledgement from yeah. her is there anything that you learn from them um yeah i really learned a lot from them <laughs> <laughs> and it's not covered to mind but like one thing i really learned is that they teach me to be more vulnerable because ah, yeah they need they, right yeah they need that love and support and that reassurance yes that i didn't grow up with right. so they teach me to be more vulnerable with them and that you know vulnerable with them or just vulnerable period yeah right? vulnerable period yeah vulnerable. I, I i as artists as on whatever it is you decide as you continue this fascinating journey of yours mm-hmm. obviously we learn I feel like the more we learn of the things we didn't know, sometimes that can get in our way. Mm. And and so, yes, it's always remembering, not just remembering why we started on this journey to begin with, but it is sometimes remembering to keep that curiosity like a child. Mm-hmm. And, and, and that does keep us vulnerable. We don't, being vulnerable means we don't have to worry about who's going to like this or who's not going to like it. I believe in it. This is it. This is what I'm selling. And you're going to buy it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. Yeah. That's a very important lesson. I like that. Yeah, it is. So I want to, we're going to jump around here. So you um are, again, of, um, you're both, well, let's start with your name. Okay. Osarame. 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 So the N is silent. Mm-hmm. Now, I tried to find the translation for that. <laughs> mm, well, what did they say? Uh, I got two one, two meanings. God gave me. Okay. And the other one, God owns me. Okay, but mine's. What is your translation that you know of? God's gift. God's gift. That's what my mother and father told me. My yeah. name means God's gift. Yeah. Um. What? What does being God's gift mean to you? Being God's gift means that one that I'm very special to Him, mm-hmm. and that I'm special to others. That. I'm able to bless others with what God gave me. Mm-hmm. So God gave me. I guess that's correct. <laughs> but well, I yeah. guess they're all just different 
variations yeah, of the same. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but being God's gift it really means that I'm able to bless others. That's that's what that means to me. Like, I'm God's gift to you. Mm. I'm God's gift to her. We'll I'm see. God's gift. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely, absolutely, right? I mean, it. You know, I'm not very religious. Mm-hmm. But yes, we are here to affect each other's lives if we mm-hmm. can positively. Yeah. Yeah. Of course, even though it's, it's really be some negative people out there. But <laughs> sure. But is the but but that means they don't see themselves as a gift. They don't see mm. they feel like they're not deserving mm-hmm. to be considered a gift. And so they're going to at this point forever be projecting that onto yeah. others. Mm. Sally, I pray for them. You pray for them. Is that how you counter that? Yep. Yeah. Pray for your enemies. I feel like because sometimes even if you try to have like this little sit down, this little powwow, and you try to share this feeling of positivity and and being a gift, mm-hmm. some people really aren't open to receiving that. Mm, facts. facts. Right. So what do you do? You just let it go and just yeah, pray just, for them. Yeah, pray for them. You just gotta let it go. You can't force, you can't force yourself onto nobody. Right. Eventually, they'll see. It could be a week from now. It could be a year from now. But eventually, they'll see and remember you, and that's why they come back. <laughs> yeah. Always. It always reminds me of that uh, Maya Angelou saying, "People won't always remember." what you did to them but they'll always remember how you made them feel facts yeah mm-hmm. so um, do you consider yourself Nigerian American or African American African American yeah it's because yeah. you were born here in the states mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. so um, now whether Christian no, but now were you raised with certain traditions? And that's uh, that's what that's part of the Nigerian culture or the Native American cultures? No. No. Your fa- your parents didn't. No. Instill that. No. <laughs> no. Everything's just a hard no. Have you ever been <laughs> interviewed before? You're being very <laughs> a job interview. <laughs> <laughs> and do you just give them yes and no answers? Or is this just a subject you would not like to talk about? No, we could, I'm open to talk about anything. No, but seriously, like I, I didn't grow up on Nigerian tradition because my father was not, like we didn't, you know, he wasn't in the house with us. Got it. I didn't grow up with my father, so I wasn't around those. And traditions. so then, for you, it's just never been a curiosity that. Yeah, it actually has because. My family in Nigeria are like very famous. Um, my grandfather, his name is Victor Uifo. Okay. And he's like a famous musician out there. Like my my cousin from down there told me he's like the Michael Jackson I love here it. over there. Right. So, so let's like, get rid of your father from the equation. Then you are still proud of your heritage. You are still proud of your lineage. You still have family members you can still look up to. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Music runs in my blood. Yeah. Like honestly. So yeah. I'm proud. <laughs> yeah, I'm proud of 
where I came from. It's just that my father was like, he, I don't know. He was, he was the exception to this Nigerian rule of, of being kings and queens. Uh-huh. And he didn't really live up to his status, uh-huh. so to speak. Basically. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so now, um, by the way, it is in, in South Africa, the month of August is celebrated as Women's Month. Mm. And um, so in celebration, uh, it was started um, because it was in celebration of, of the women protesters and marchers who in 1956 were opposing the introduction of the apartheid pass laws for black women mm-hmm. in South Africa, which means they were limited to where they can go, where they can work. And they had to walk around with these passports that told these black Africans of where they can go. And what they were allowed to do in Africa. So that's why really? in August, that's why they celebrate. And of course, I mean, it's Women's Day every day, right? Why not? Mm-hmm. Why but not? just just in case you didn't know, that's the yeah. month we're in. Uh, do you feel, um, do you feel, especially in today, in 2019, empowered? Of course. As a black woman? Of course I do. I mean, I feel more empowered than ever I mean compared to how I was last year I've definitely wow yes that's right a year certainly can make a big difference yeah what is that big difference for you focused I'm more focused than ever right now yeah last year I was all over the place and this year I'm just I'm on it like last year like I knew like I I knew what I wanted to do like, well, really, I wanted to do a lot of things, but I wasn't focused. I was just procrastinating, I guess. Like, I was just lost. Yes. But right now, like, I know what I'm doing. I'm focused. What, everything out. What has helped you then to focus, to align yourself? To cut off every single distraction. Relationships, yes. all of that. Yes. Like, well, relationships can certainly be distracting if that person also the, themselves aren't in alignment with mm. your goals. They don't have goals of their own. Exactly. Or their goals don't align with yours. Exactly. Or their life is somehow stagnant, maybe. Exactly. Yep. So that's what really got me focused <clears throat> was leaving those relationships. Of any kind. And finding, right. yeah. yeah, and finding myself again, really writing down my goals Yes. That really helped me a lot. Writing down my goals, establishing what I want for myself. Yeah. And just that self There's there's an exercise I did a few years ago. Um and every it's something you can do every year or every few months. Mm-hmm. That if you do write down your wish list, so to speak, things you wish to accomplish, things you wish to get done, things you wish to happen mm. on on one side of a piece of paper, whatever that may be. And then on the other side, you write down everything you're, you're grateful for. Every, you know, you're grateful for whatever it may be, your family, you know, your relationships, things that you already have accomplished. Mm-hmm. What you will start to see is yourself starting to move over. The things that you once wished for 
are now the things you're grateful for. Mm. Yeah. Like that. Because you've accom- you're starting to accomplish them and you were able to move them over. Mm. And then you just keep filling in it. Is that every day? It doesn't have to be every day. It's just something if you look back, let's say if you made a wish list, which you did mm-hmm. a year ago, mm-hmm. now you'd be able to put those things. If you started that list today, they wouldn't be on your wish list. They'd be on your thankful list. Right. Yeah. Yo, I'm going to do that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I mean, you seem that. like someone who obviously is appreciative, who is thankful, and as you should be, mm-hmm. of your accomplishments so far. Mm-hmm. Um... Now, I notice, you know what? We're going to go back to that. I want to talk. I want to go back. All right, let's when go you back. were younger, before college, before business, you obviously, you say music is in your blood. Yep. You're, 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 you're really the self-starter. You're, you're this, you feel like you're going to be, or at least one of your goals is to not only just be um, a producer, mm. an entrepreneur, but a mogul, so to speak. Mm. A mentor to other people's yeah. music careers. Yep. Um, you were once a part as a student of Broom Street Academy. Yes. And as a part of the Gilder Lerman Institute of American History, you partook mm-hmm. in a Hamilton oh, performance. Oh, I didn't know about that. <laughs> where uh, you got to perform on stage at the Richard Rogers Theater just before seeing a matinee performance of Hamilton itself, yeah. right? Just yeah. a few short years ago. Yeah. Tell us about that. Okay, so uh, in my high school... Girl, we do our homework here. You can't get anything by me. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, Um, in high school, it was like a competition throughout the whole school. You had to write like a piece. It could have been a rap, a poem, a monologue that had to Love do it. with um, Hamilton. It had to do with the, um, the war. No, the tax on liquor. Like, back then, yeah. the history. So... My rap won. Oh wow! Out of the whole school, and I wrote it in like two minutes. It was like so short, cause like it was a homework assignment, and like yes. I don't play about you know my grades. Like I'm, I had to make sure everything get done, and I think I missed class that day they gave it, so I did it real quick. Yes. In school, so my social, my history teacher like two to you one. I'm like one what? <laughs> one what? I'm like, one what? <laughs> All the teachers coming around me like, you won, you won. I'm like, what did I win? They're like, your rap, it won. So you get to perform. I'm like, okay. <laughs> like, I didn't know what Hamilton was, to be honest. At the time. Well, yeah, Yeah, sure. like, I didn't know what it was. So, yeah, we, I just performed on the stage. The crowd was going crazy. <laughs> I mean, I still know it, I think. Y'all wanna hear it? <laughs> yeah, let's All right. let's hear it. Hold on, let's so see if it we was can about find the, something it was, for you over here. It was about the tax on liquor. Uh huh. So, y'all ready? We ready. We ready when you ready. All right. So I went coming home from the war and it needed some whiskey. Then I got some news that really upset me. A tax on liquor? What were they thinking? Cause now I'm mad and I want to start drinking. In 1971, <laughs> they put a tax on liquor. I'm just a farmer on the farm and my days were bitter. I was a soldier in the war with my head standing tall. Put tax on my liquor, send shots to your dome. The town going crazy by this new war. Hear the tax selectors, they be coming to the door. 
Come into the door, go get you with some trouble. I load up the gun, let it blow. You gon' rumble. And it's really nothing. George Washington, Hamilton, the whole government. I need y'all to hear this on behalf of the farmers. The tax on liquor need to go in the garbage. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of forgot the end. But, uh, that's all right. That's all right. Thank you for sharing. Look yeah. at you. Look at you. <laughs> being vulnerable. Yeah. I mean, yeah. So, yeah, the piece was on behalf of, like, a farmer. Like, I was supposed to be the farmer. From back, the farmer's in, point of view. Yeah, in 1971. So, yeah. Yup. All right. Well, you obviously earned that. Yeah. It was fun. Yo, honestly, like, being up on that stage... Listen, if you think about, and then this goes back to my earlier questions, and then if somebody asks you again, now you have the answer. If you think about, okay, yes, I'm not only a fan and someone who enjoys hip hop or the craft of being an MC and rhyming and being a lyricist, mm -hmm. but I got to be on stage, <laughs> you know, I. Uh, at the Richard Rogers Theater, the same stage where Hamilton is not only produced but performed mm -hmm. on Broadway. Yep. And it's no joke. No joke. You Look got you got that because <laughs> you earned that. And and that part of your skill and your talent earned that for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was fun, honestly. It was an opportunity. I like at that age I didn't even know like I'm like but when I found out later because I have a family upstate uh -huh. and I told them and they were all like shook they're Caucasian <laughs> <laughs> it was all shook the Caucasian side of the family yeah because they were still trying to get tickets yes <laughs> I didn't know it was a sold out tickets going for like hundreds of dollars yeah. like I, I didn't know about that so I'm like wow so I didn't realize till like two years later <laughs> Okay. So yeah, it was fun though. So now, um, you grew up in the Bronx, in the South Bronx. Mm -hmm. Um, what part of the South Bronx? What part, like, um, Franklin Ave. So now, we know that the Bronx is known for being the birthplace of hip hop, but it's also known for its rundown conditions. In the late 70s, the 80s, um, the South Bronx has been in the midst of a revival in terms of um, building new property, new businesses, mm. which of course has sparked some debate. Some people praise it, especially real estate professionals. <laughs> but then it still comes with the dread of working class citizens who face the prospect of continuing rising living costs and, of course, concern for disappearing, the disappearance of affordable housing. Um, what are some of the changes you have seen growing up in your neighborhood? Hmm. Because I know you said one of your, one of the things you care for, one of your causes is um, or has been gentrification and how yeah. that has affected um, those around you in terms of being, you know, eventually, I guess that's the fear of being forced out. I mm -hmm. mean, rents are already on the rise yeah. everywhere. Mm -hmm. I mean, 
what I really want us people to do living in these low income minority neighborhoods is to really just boss up and start buying our neighborhoods. Like, yeah. why do we have to be forced out of where we've already established? We already grew, um, made these experiences. We made all these friends in our neighborhoods. Why are we being kicked out? Because, you know, they coming in and buying. Like, but but let's be fair. real. As someone who grew up in the hood. Uh-huh. As someone who grew up in the hood, you know, it's not like we were the ones who were trying to make it better all the time. We weren't. We yeah. live. We lived in nutritional deserts. Mm-hmm. Some of us still do. The bodega does not cut it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You're not buying groceries at the bodega. Mm-hmm. And we could get mad at, you know, Whole Foods or Trader Joe's moving in, mm-hmm. but. The you know they do sell more food that are um, healthier for healthier, us. Yep. These not they're not cheese doodles. They're not yeah. <laughs> you're, you know ranch dressing and whatever else. Yeah, at um, expensive price. However, there are men and women who have carts full of vegetables and fruits who have been out there selling and who are still out there. I live on. I live in East Harlem, where they're still out there selling their fruits, selling their vegetables. Mm-hmm, and you should. know what we do? We walk right past them. Mm-hmm. Well, sometimes I stop, but <laughs> right. But you no, know I'm what I mean. Lie. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, yeah. They be hustling out. So there. I, I guess it is this catch twenty two. Are we really trying to do it? But you have a great point. Mm-hmm. When do we start going to business? Start learning about business. How we can open up our business? Going to you know, getting our business degrees and networking with other entrepreneurs. And how can we make our own neighborhoods not, I guess, more sustainable for us to live in, creating mm-hmm. more of a positive environment, and yet holding on to ownership mm-hmm. of where we live and and what we do in these neighborhoods. I think like when they see someone from their neighborhood doing it, yeah. It will inspire them. Yeah. And that's what I aspire to be. Like that's why Even even when we look at living in the Bronx and we look at Tootie and 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 she's getting all dressed up, you're one of the few who puts on her business suit and stays within the community. Usually we see people put on their business suit and where they're going to Manhattan, mm-hmm. right? But you're trying to create that image. No, we can we can build yeah. the Bronx up. Mm-hmm. We can stay here and build it up as well. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah, that's that's what I'm doing. Inspiring those that are in my community. If I can do it, you can do it. We come from the same place. Yeah. It's all about the mindset. Yes. And it's all about knowing you can do it and knowing that they're knowing the opportunity when it's presented to you yes now first of all thank you for coming in to share your insight Mm -hmm, no problem and your story um now you are again a fan of the arts one of the things as you mentioned earlier is Mm -hmm. film Mm -hmm. i believe horror film yeah so now let's talk about the genre of 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 
horror, right? Um, Daniel Kaluuya, a British star uh, of Jordan Peele's Get Out, mm-hmm. of Ugandan Heritage. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, we have uh, Lupita Nyong'o, mm-hmm. of Kenyan-American actress, star of Jordan Peele's film after that, Us. Mm-hmm. Now, when we talk about horror, largely the genre has been white storytellers and actors. Mm-hmm. How does it feel to start seeing more, specifically more of African heritage, right? It Within the genre. Great, especially yo. it's something that you've enjoyed. It, yo, it feels great. Like, I love Jordan Peele just because the movie Get Out. Like, It's so deep. And the fact that he used African-American actors, like that's what I want to do with my films too. I want to use... Well, more than African-American and African heritage. Yeah, like that's exactly, that's what, like I want to be able to employ people of my heritage more in the entertainment industry because it's, in films, it's really not that much of... um, A truthful story is being told. Yeah. I mean, we, we, yeah. Yeah, I really, I really look up to George. I mean, when was the last time, other than Lion King or Coming to America, do we remember? Exactly. So, yeah. Really, really inspiring. And I, I just love that movie, Get Out. Yeah. I really love it. Like, <laughs> I could watch that movie, like, 50 times. Like, the whole meaning of it. And the fact that he made it into, like, a horror. Like, you know, like, a real-life horror. Yeah, you you know the purge too, the purge. Um, I haven't watched the purge. Man, the purge is good too. <laughs> I like that movie too. Yeah, yeah, you gotta watch that movie. Yeah, the one that took place in Staten Island. Oh, okay, yeah. I will. Yeah. But now it's like I can still see you enjoying Jordan Peele, not because it's horror. It also blends blends horror with hip hop, right? Mm-hmm. You think of the soundtrack of these movies, mm-hmm. and yeah. and these are you know these are the, the pretty much at least some of the things that have influenced you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, music influenced me a lot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like it's a way of expressing yourself. So yeah, it helped me with expressing myself too. So, okay. Yeah. So earlier we talked about marketing branding. If you had to put like a slogan, a call line, an elevator pitch to who Tootie is or Froze Productions is Tootie or Froze, what would that be? What would that slogan be? A slogan? (laughs) It'll be Escape Reality. Because my whole branding for Froze Productions is to make films that make our viewers feel like they can escape their reality. Yeah. So that would be my slogan, escape reality. Escape reality, of course. Mm-hmm. In a healthy way, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, too no many. Drugs. No <laughs> drugs. That's right. That's no right. No drugs. The film is the drug. The film is the drugs. Yeah. So I should. You know, that's a very it. good point. I guess once once people start seeing more representation of films they can enjoy and escape through, yeah, drugs won't be necessary. Yeah, I should get sponsored by a stop, stop, uh, no drugs. That's right. That's right. <laughs> so we have a, a horror based in reality. We have the the who's next. Any other exciting projects 
that might be coming down the pipeline or things you might want to see. Yes. That yourself put on the screen. Yes. All sorts of projects. Yeah. Um, I'm going to start doing some short films. Yeah. Um, I'm also going to be working with, um, film like creators producers because i'm building like a platform yeah right yeah, so, so so now for anyone who wants to know more about you especially get all hip on the know <laughs> yeah where can we find you obviously we can find you on instagram instagram at is tootie baby i-t-s-t-o-o-t-i-e-b-a-double-b-y double b double b it's tootie baby Sound effect. <laughs> <laughs> I'm my one man show over here. You gotta give me a second to get. Yeah. To get. It's duty, baby. Hey. Hey. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Is there anything, any last words you would like to impart our listeners with? Chase your dreams. I'm gonna get inspirational. <laughs> no, for real, like. Spit that knowledge, girl. Do what you're passionate about. Don't listen to what nobody else got to tell you. Follow your heart. Trust in God. Have faith. Be positive. Be confident in yourself. Because if you don't believe in yourself, no one else will. That's right. That is right. That's <laughs> <laughs> that is right. <laughs> Now, I know you mentioned earlier you didn't always have that support at home for your, for your, maybe your goals or aspirations, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so you kind of had made this compromise. Okay, I'm going to go to school then. Yeah. Um, so I guess that's, that, that still is in alignment for others to see. Like, okay, you might not always be supported, but you still need to believe in it to gain yeah. that support. Mm-hmm. Thank you so very much, Tootie, for joining us. You guys have been listening to the Junkie Jammer Jam Hour because it's been an hour right here on Radio Free Brooklyn for everything we do. You can find out, um, you can log on to RadioFreeBrooklyn.com. And for everything I do, you can just log on to JunkandJam.com. Happy Monday, everyone. Happy Monday, Tootie. Happy Monday. Day. Day. Day.